Uh, it's Elliot Christ, right? Just checking I'm saying it right. <laughs> I assume you're joking right now. <laughs> Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with Jake Anderson at NFL Draft Talker on Twitter. And today we have our very first guest, none other than the very, <laughs> I nearly said the late, the great. He's not dead. <laughs> not dead at all. He may and want to not... be soon, but he's not yet. <laughs> none, other, none other than the great Elliot Chris. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Elliot. How are you doing? And uh, yeah, what's up? <laughs> Well, I came on this podcast just to prove to people I'm not dead. Um, I'm doing good, man. We just we just launched the Quant Edge today. Uh, by the time people listen to this podcast, the login issue will be fixed. But you know, you've been able to people are able to go on thequantedge.com and play with our tools and see our content and see what we're bringing to people. So it's been an exciting day. I uh, I've had one hour to myself today, to which I spent watching Hard Knocks and got to get pissed off by just how much I hate Greg Williams and everything that he says out loud. Um, <laughs> But you know what? Other than that, man, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm actually really excited about the website. It's not just analytics-based, which is the superior way of looking at football, as Jake knows, um, but it's also more based on telling you what you need to know based on statistics instead of trying to uh, explain statistics, explain metrics to you until you fall asleep in a blind, uninterested stupor. It's actually just going to tell you, give you the advice that statistics and analytics has to offer rather than uh, making you fall asleep with all that stuff. So it's really exciting stuff. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully you can tell us a little more about it. Um, Jake, you ran the Twitter poll uh, this week about our subject. So do you want to tell everyone who we're talking about? Yeah. So on the Twitter poll, I just threw out some some people that are getting some camp hype right now. And and Anthony Miller just blew the poll away. So that's the, the player that we're going to be breaking down from a film and analytical perspective. But before we get there, um, just to Elliot uh, and I know we're all excited about the Quant Edge website. Um, how do you think that this, I mean, just from a dynasty, Peter and I are, are mostly dynasty focused. Um, I know that, you know, Kevin O'Brien, the FF engineer, has talked a lot about how playing redraft, playing DFS, um, you know, from a micro and a nano level has really helped his dynasty um, development as a, as a player. How do you, how would you say that, the quant edge. I know it's 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 betting focused. It's DFS focused. It's redraft focused. How do you think that could help? I know you play dynasty as well. How do you think that could help even a dynasty player? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the key things about dynasty is, and this is something people struggle with, right? Everyone drafts their team like, guys, grade my draft an A. I'm the best ever, right? Just <laughs> everyone tell me this. And it's like no. 
Listen, they're good teams. They're, I've gotten yelled at on Twitter because I said that this was like an early first. And if you can't establish when looking at your league, if you're kind of an, uh behind the pack team, a middle of the pack team, or ahead of the pack team, then then you're already behind. And once you can kind of establish that, you can kind of look at your weekly matchups, right, and understand: Are you an underdog? Or are you a favorite? Because that really impacts how you should play your games, right? So, you know, I'm just gonna kind of throw out a a pretty basic example like Jarvis Landry is considered a safer player right with a limited upside but like Ted Ginn Jr. is considered a high ceiling guy but a very low floor guy because of his a dot and he, he sees a ton of targets down the field so in dynasty you need to kind of understand are, are you in a position where you're the favorite and you need to play kind of higher floor guys and just make your opponent really take risks to beat you or are you the kind of guy that needs to take some shots right you need you in order to win weeks, you gotta t- you gotta hit on the right matchups and um, hit on the right players. And you know we're gonna have a ton of projections, floors, uh, ceilings, the median outcome, kind of the percentage of hitting these different outcomes. These are gonna be part of our optimizer. You're gonna be able to analyze the matchups with our wide receiver cornerback tool. You're gonna be able to adjust to injuries when you take a guy off the field and see how teams um, kind of are impacted by everything. And then. The other thing that I think is going to be really helpful for Dynasty is our head-to-head tool allows you to compare two players by all these different metrics and really see how they stack up against each other and which kind of player you need in your lineup. So, you know, I, I think when the Dynasty strategy is more off-season and you need you you need to adjust your trades accordingly, but once the season starts, I think you kind of start to manage it like a redraft and you try to win certain league weeks and you have to understand what chances you need to take. And our site's all about educating you on what the best chances are to take. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording that from a, from a person that is a film guy that, that evaluating film makes sense to me. I'm not analytically inclined like Peter is, even though I try to learn as much as I can. How would you, how do you think that this, this website is going to help people who maybe are a little bit intimidated from metrics, analytics, graphs, charts, um, make feel a little more comfortable and able to, you know, just digest all this information. So I think a couple of things. One is we try to be both, I mean, we try to have film and analytics, right? Like our, our guy who breaks on our wide receiver cornerback matchups is Brad Kelly, who's actually a wide receiver coach in college right now. Um, I, my background is, I mean, I guess I'm a PFF guy originally and, which is analytics, and I've done a lot of work in film. I don't even know what people consider me. I think they consider me a film guy. Um, but our analytics are really, you know, laid out to to be easily digested, right? Like everything is very clear. Uh, you know, there there's two lines on a graph. Uh, it's a bar chart. It's statistics lined up next to each other. It's percentiles to understand kind of how how elite a player is. There's spider charts. There's there's nothing that's kind of like it's not like a scatter chart with a thousand dots and a line through it. Um, there's nothing where you know we're adjusting for what R is, whether it's 0.25 or 0.5. You know, there's you're not really going to have to do any math. Everything's laid out really simply. If I take a guy off the field, for example, with our injury impact tool, right, and the team's sack percentage with him is 5%, and the sack percentage without him is 11%, that's Tyron Smith, for example, I can say, well, Tyron Smith matters a lot to the sack percentage, right? Like, that's kind of like an easy, you know, there's there's not there's not a ton of thinking. It's, it's very easy laid out. It's visually pleasing. Um, you know, I think one of the things we really tried to focus on the site was everything is, like, easy to use and very 
visually pleasing. You know, it's every everything is meant for an enjoyable user experience, and that's what we try to deliver to people. And I think they're going to pick up on things really quickly. Um, terrible segue time. Uh, <laughs> uh, so maybe we can include that in a you know uh, what to think of a first year uh, wide receiver like Anthony Miller. What impact he might have, what he might be able to do in this first year, what it means for dynasty, but also season long. Um, we were talking about that before we started as well. We tend to focus on dynasty, but really we we will talk about season long or them from a re redraft point of view as well. So don't feel afraid to chip in from that perspective. Um, I don't know, Jake, do you want to go first on Anthony Miller? Sure. So <clears throat> Anthony Miller is a wide receiver coming out of Memphis. You know, he's not the biggest guy. I think he projects to most likely get most of his reps in the slot. He's a he's a good route runner, and I think the most the most impressive part of his game is is he's got really good feet. I think the way he um, staggers his steps and 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 stacks the defenders and and creates space in his routes is really impressive. Uh, he's he's really smooth in that regard. He can win on multiple levels. You know they use them in jet sweeps quite a bit. They get him on bubble screens. They get him on crossing routes. Um, he's used all the way around the line of scrimmage, but he's he's also a good deep threat in his his slant and go routes, and his hitches are, are really good. He does have some concentration drops. He gets the body, you know, he lets the ball into his chest at times, even though he does display some really good hands at times too. Um, but, I mean, he, he, I think one of the biggest – Knox, from an analytical perspective, a lot of people have on him. He's, you know, he's 24 years old, or he's going to be 24 years old really soon. So he is an older prospect. He had no offers coming out of high school. Um, you know, he is a walk-on at Memphis. So judging him from that perspective, I think, gives a lot of people pause. Um, but from a tape standpoint, from a film evaluating standpoint, I really like the player. My My question is, how much volume is he going to get in that Chicago passing game? And I think I had him right around that 13, 14 uh, rookie ranks. So I like them as a player. I just, my biggest question now is after all this hype that's coming on at training camp is that his, his value just absolutely skyrocketed. And I think it's, it's very unlikely that he has a season that he actually retains the value that he's going to get as of right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's a good player. I'd like to, I'd like to think what you think about him, Peter. I'm trying to find that ad. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I actually like Anthony Miller until I suddenly didn't like Anthony everyone. I was high on him coming out and um, base, especially high on him um, considering some of his production numbers. Um, I bumped him up despite him coming in around 10th in my wide receiver model based on his uh, market share production in college. Just because I like some of his numbers, um, I think some wide receivers like Anthony Miller, who we can understand why they came into, why some of his numbers came later uh, than most wide receivers getting drafted, um, I give a little bit of a pass to. Like uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, I just describe as a midly, uh, as a mystery because we, <laughs> a midly, uh, a mystery because we simply don't know um, what he would have done if he was playing football at a higher level with. Uh, more, uh, 
people with more physical advantages similar to his own because he just didn't enter college football till later. Anthony Miller was actually playing earlier. Um, but still, his breakout age is 21. That's the age at which he had 20% or more of the team's receiving yards and touchdowns. And um, wide receivers drafted in the second round with an age 21 breakout age. There are actually 12 of them. Only three of them hit have hit since 2000. That means about uh, 25% of them have hit with that draft capital and that level of production adjusted for age. And so I liked him because I could see some path to explaining away that later breakout, but now his ADP and his value has just jumped up just to insane levels, in my opinion. And so I've actually ended up lower than in most people. People are drafting um, players, I think, are a lot more likely to do more uh, in the NFL than Anthony Miller. And it's based off stuff that frankly doesn't matter. Um, so I think he has a good shot. I just think he doesn't have as good a shot as a lot of other wide receivers in this rookie class, even let alone wide receivers from last year and the year before. So that's basically where I'm at on him. I like him, but I'm never, I'm not getting him anywhere because people are expecting too much. Something that I think I said <laughs> it was either at the start of this one or the start. We just recorded a podcast with um, the Afterburners pod, Bobby Koch. And we were, it might have been on that one. Uh, I, I think I would compare him more to Cam Meredith than anyone else in terms of potential opportunity. And Cameron Meredith has a lot more valuable opportunity just based on the quality of his, the proven quality of his quarterback compared to Anthony Miller's quarterback. And so their ADP should be a lot di a lot similar, both in Dynasty and in Redraft. And frankly, there's about a 10-round difference. And so I think Anthony Miller's jumped the shark somewhat at this point. Um, Elliot, where are we wrong? Now we've got someone on here to actually tell us what when we're just talking shit and getting it all wrong. Um, um, what do you think of Anthony Miller? Are we uh, are we completely off base or are you on board with one or the other? So before we get to Anthony Miller, I did just want to point out one thing with Calvin Ridley. And I know analytics <laughs> guys hate this, but yes, Jalen, get him, get him, Jalen, Elliot. Jalen Hurts wasn't a quarterback. Right? <laughs> I, I just think that it's really important. <laughs> like whenever we talk about market share hey guys, and all that other stuff that when, when he plays with a running back that can't throw a football that impacts those numbers. Since I just completely blanked because I was talking to Elliot Christ. Both Miller and Ridley broke out the very first year they were on the team at age 20. So their quarterback play didn't seem to stop them breaking out or affect them that way. It's actually, uh, it's actually a big feather in both their caps. So back to the show. No, I understand that, but at the same time, it's it's tough to quantify, right? How a quarterback yeah, goes through yeah. his reads, and you know, that's there, that's, the point is, I just wanted to say that Jalen Hurts isn't good at football, but we can move. We this isn't really oh. a Calvin Ridley take. I just I just need to make that point. With Anthony Miller, you know, I, I think a lot of Jake's points are really really on point. You know, in terms of his film, he he let the ball into his body occasionally. He he had some concentration drops. He has fantastic footwork. I agree that he'd probably be best in the slot. He can win, and he can be a physical guy. He can win at the catch point. Um, I think that he landed in a pretty good situation. Um, you know, with Nagy going there and, and Helfrick going there, I, I think there there's this might be the biggest upgrade in coaching, maybe this or Tennessee, that you could look for. Um, you know, they go from a coach that's not aware of what century it is to a coach that wants to push the pace. Um, they, they signed Allen Robinson, who I fully expect to be the number one uh, wide receiver in the offense. They signed Trey Burton, who's going to move around and be do a lot of slot work and uh, probably be a focal point of the offense as well at tight end. 
I think people are forgetting about Taylor Gabriel, honestly. And I don't necessarily think that Gabriel is this fantasy guy that's super relevant, but I, you know, they paid him and he's going to be part of it. In 2016, he was the most successful screen pass uh, route runner in the NFL. Um, he had a 158.3 rating on screen passes in 2016. And, you know, that's what Helfer ran a lot of in, in college. So I just think that Anthony Miller has a little bit more competition for uh, targets than people are giving him. And this is without even getting into the Tariq Cohen situation. And I, I think that Miller was a value in April. And I think that value is now gone, right? Like, and we were talking about dynasty. We can talk about redraft. We can talk about best ball. Like whatever you want to talk about, like I've been doing a ton of drafts on play draft and I used to grab him every time in the 15th, 16th round, but now he's going in the 11th round. And that's like, you're no longer getting a value. That, I think it's really important with players to kind of treat them like stocks and understand that when when's the time to buy, when's the time to sell, and when's the time to hold. And with Anthony Miller, you're you're basically you've doubled value on a player without any games taking place. Like <laughs> seven practices is absurd to double. Like he's drawing Anthony, Antonio Brown comparisons. No, he's not. Like, like, I don't care if some beat reporter said that he had a good practice. I don't care if there's one gif or one clip of, oh, dude, did you did you see this bad pass that he came back to and caught the ball? Like, dude, this guy's uh, 115 catches this year. Stop. Stop. And if, and if you do have I, – I assume some of your listeners have done this, and I apologize for calling you a moron. But, like, if you do have morons in your league that – that respond to things like this, take advantage of them. Those are the, listen, we, we, we talk about this in DFS all the time. People call each other fishes all the time. It just means that you're doing something stupid and you take it, you, you take advantage of fish. And if you're, if you've moved Anthony Miller up four rounds off a week of practice, you're a fish. That's what you are. You're, you're being stupid. Like with, with Anthony Miller, you're legitimately doing that. And you know, I got in trouble for saying this about Kenny Galladay last year, who I don't think you could have gotten the first four at the end of the year. Like, if you take a guy in the second round, like Anthony Miller is probably the 15th, 16th round pick, 15th or 16th overall pick in your, your dynasty draft, and you can now get a mid-first form, why on earth would you not do that? Why would you ever not double your value with no games played? There's there's no acceptable because it might go a little bit higher. Like the, the These are the kind of decisions where if you make them consistently, you're going to consistently come out ahead, and that's how you build a super. So with Anthony Miller, I, I think, you know, this is, this is when you short the stock, so to speak, right? I mean, I, I watched, I just finished Billions, so maybe I'm making too many references there. But, like, <laughs> but like you just got to take advantage of situations, right? Like, in, in your drafts, people are going to take it and start taking Anthony Miller in the 10th or 11th round. You don't take him at all, and you get the advantage because someone's, someone's making a mispick. In Dynasty, if people are going to start valuing him as a mid-2019 first, you trade him for that 2019 first all day long. I, I think you actually might be a little low on where people are drafting him. He's actually, um, I called the Dynasty League football, he's uh, rookie pick 14 right now, but that's based on July. I think after all these gifts and clips, and did you not see him beat that quarterback, uh, beat that quarterback in, uh, in practice, Elliot? He's obviously worth more now. And I, I think he's easily a late first-round pick at the moment. Oh, easy. I think he'd probably be going around that 108 range if people are doing dynasty rookie drafts right That's now. Fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. He'd probably yeah. go – it's him versus on Johnson if we're not talking super flex, yeah. I would think. Yeah. And I just I just want to point out one thing is that when I was saying that, I was talking about April in terms of doubling your value. Right. Yeah. Um, but the only argument I, I would get for Anthony Miller in terms of not trading him right now or is, well, what if he catches a touchdown in this first preseason game? Because, like, then people are going to lose their minds. <laughs> 
People lose their mind. Like, keep in mind, like Patrick Mahomes was a god a month ago. Like, there's no way this man can fail, right? That's what like you couldn't find an analyst that didn't like Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes was going in the ninth round ahead of guys like Matthew Stafford and Andrew Luck and Car- like he would go ahead of Carson Wentz and stuff like this. And then the report came out that Patrick Mahomes threw seven interceptions in a week of practice, and he's been going in the twelfth round now. Like three rounds of ADP for a couple practices is absurd. And if you don't think so, do you care about a player's practice Monday through Wednesday in October? It's it, Yeah, it's because there's nothing else going on right now. And a whole bunch of us, frankly, have to justify being on Twitter. And so we keep saying shit. I don't know if you guys listen. I listen to Christopher Harris on the Harris Football Podcast and have since he was on ESPN, frankly. Because just because guys are silly enough to only watch film doesn't mean they don't have a good process sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he really does. And I like the way he will cut cut through a lot of the shit. And the exercise he's been running through with every guest that comes on his podcast the last week or so, the last month, has been what can happen between now or even from the draft to the season to change your opinion. And everyone that comes on, he has some, you know, uh, really good analysts come on, tries to find another way of saying nothing. Because we've got to say shit for two months, or they have to, because they're professionals. And so they're saying stuff, they're tweeting stuff, uh, stats or film-wise. But the truth is, if there's anything that changes your opinion outside of an injury, really, from the draft to day one of the NFL, then your opinion wasn't based on something you feel secure about. And so you shouldn't have had that opinion in the first place. Because there's really nothing that should happen in training camp, in a GIF, or on Twitter that should change an opinion. Uh, Is that too strong, or...? I think preseason games, like the, the couple that come to mind, for example, right, are well, obviously Victor Cruz, but and these are these are these are extremes. But like Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott are two guys that come to my mind where they look phenomenal, and so you could start to get a sense that they might become the starting quarterback, and they were running quarterbacks as well, which gives them a much higher floor, right? So like, let's say through three weeks of the preseason, Baker Mayfield looks phenomenal, and Tyrod Taylor looks eh. But Baker's going in the last round of drafts because no one is anticipating him being the starter. That's when I think you can start to adjust to it. But reading a report that Baker Mayfield had a good practice and then you draft him four rounds ahead of where he's going, like, no. But I, so I agree with like 90% of what you said. But I think that in preseason, when you see a guy play a lot and play really well and start to move up the depth chart and it becomes clear he's going to get more opportunity than anticipated – that's what I think you adjusted. I think that's really fair. I just also think for every example of someone that showed something, and those are two quarterbacks. So frankly, if you hit on them, it still doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and, and moving them up from non-draftable to draftable, that's fine. It's it, it's all relative, right? But when we're moving a guy up into this guy better score points for my team next year, then it's just, it, even for preseason games, to me, it's the same. Because I think we can find a one-to-one or if not two-to-one example of everyone that did well in the preseason and then rose in value because of their performance in that season. We can find one or two examples of someone who did well in the preseason and then, you know, completely fell off by the Amir Abdullah of the world, right? Well, Amir Abdullah had one good run in his career against the Jets in a preseason, and people are still using that gift. That was enough. <laughs> no, no, I no, I think you're absolutely right. But that's why I added the part of they're climbing up the depth chart, right? So like like yeah. let's say he was a wide receiver four and now he's the wide receiver two in the the offense. Like I just I don't want to throw it away. I think there are clues at times, but I think you're absolutely right where if I think if you had to take all of it or none of it, I would choose none of it in terms of how to adjust. Because if ever 
like part of part of winning anything can be just being contrarian, right? Like everyone's trying to do the same thing and you do the opposite. You're now like 11 people are competing with each other and you're just competing with whether or not you were right. So if everyone's overreact or everyone's reacting to something and you're not reacting to it, you're 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 actually creating an advantage for yourself. So Jake, you're a contrarian type fella or I'll pretend you are for the purpose of this anyway. Nothing? Okay. Um, so, no, I got no pride. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to be. I thought there was um, no. a question following that. Yeah, there is. I mean, what adjustment? Because you like Anthony Miller. You like his take. He's someone who believes in what you see, and you get it right a lot. So what adjustment would you have made, man? The market's done an incorrect adjustment. How would you have adjusted him based on camp or based on a good preseason game? Well, this is the thing. It feels like it's a reoccurring theme on this podcast that we talk about every week is you you love players, you don't love players, but it all boils down to what their price is and taking advantage of that market. And like I I told you guys before we started, uh, our good buddy, uh, John John Michael, uh, J. Mike on Twitter, uh, I know he's a huge Anthony Miller fan. I knew he was a huge Anthony Miller fan. So in Pigs 3, uh, which is a points per carry league, it's Superflex, it's PPR. I paid $18 out of, I think, when the, you know, Saquon, I think, went for like 400 bucks or whatever. And Darius Geist was going for over 200 bucks. I got Anthony Miller for $18. I got Tevin Coleman in our startup for $36, where, you know, the higher end Elvin Kamars were going for around 200 as well. So I, even though I like Anthony Miller, I saw a buying, a selling window here that I sold Tevin Coleman, who I got for like 30 some dollars, and Anthony Miller, who I got for like $18. And I sold them for Devontae Freeman, who was, you know, a $180 player just a couple months ago. So um, I think it's very important that you you take advantage of these windows. And and this is why I think it's important to have a process, whether it's a film process, where, whether it's an analytical process. I think it helps to have one, whereas I do feel like there's a ton of people out there that don't have any. And they just kind of, you know, they listen to certain people and they just kind of go off by what all these people say all the time. And for me, I and I've I've learned the hard way and and it's not it's not a perfect system, but I've said it repeatedly that if I'm going to be wrong, it's going to be on my own terms. So, I don't mind being wrong, but it's going to be it's going to be cuz my my evaluation is wrong. It's not because someone else's evaluation is wrong. And it doesn't mean that I don't learn from other people. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate, um, you know, from an analytical uh, perspective. It doesn't mean I'm not going to take that into account, but I'm going to have my own process and I'm going to judge these values by that. So I'm not going to buy into all this hype necessarily because I have a process that I fall back towards. Yeah, I guess I completely agree with you. I guess I was asking one of the, what would you, if the market like if you were in a league with no morons and what would you uh where is the line of where he becomes a value and i know that's a hard line to draw it's very player specific but you drafted a wide receiver in the second round he's got a 25 percent shot based on his college production and his uh age going into the league of even being a top 24 wide receiver in three years so is it i can pile him up and get a running back one like freeman is that the line or is the line simply i got him in the second round i can get a first round for him where does it tip over because you like the player you want to see what's going to happen where does it tip over into that's more of a value because everyone's in different leagues and they might not be able to get freeman so is there 
Sure, sure. Well, line you can draw. I think Elliot made a great point earlier. You know, he was going as the 15th or, or whatever a rookie player in rookie drafts. And if you can get a mid first, that's almost a, a full round difference. I think that's absolutely the time to cash out. Now, if you're going from the 15th player to the 11th player, I don't think that's enough value where I want to necessarily give up on that player if I was high on that player in the start. Yeah, you so, need to you need to be able to assess your team and your you know your your league mates teams, right? Like if you think that guy's got a chance at a championship, you're not trading him Anthony Miller for his first round pick. But if you think that his team is very average to mediocre to bad, you're trading him Anthony Miller for his first round pick. If if it's we're less we're three months from the draft. Three the draft had three months ago. If you can move up a whole round in three months with no football, like I know I sound like a broken record, but like. <laughs> They've not played games. We've been at practice for like a week and a half. And you move up a full round? If you do that every year, you're going to be the best team in your league. You are. I mean, Kenny Galladay is legit the perfect example, right? Kenny Galladay started climbing up. You know, you could, people were talking about, I want two firsts for Kenny Galladay, and some people got it. And then Kenny Galladay was going like in the 10th round last year in like best balls. Everyone was losing their mind. And now Kenny Galladay is going in like the 12th round of best ball. Like, I, I sound frustrated because I don't get it. I just... Oh, yeah, I'm, what's... I'm just letting you talk because I hope this is, this is more true than I can possibly state. I'm just hoping if you keep staying on that subject, you'll snap and just say everything we really want to say uh, but try not to so I just keep lingering on that I, I was thinking outside of draft picks then a full round difference that's a very clear line I mean what if we're take outside of draft picks I mean I've got wide receiver rankings from July pulled up here speaking of Kenny Galladay he's exactly one spot ahead of Anthony Miller is that a good enough value if you can get Kenny Galladay for Anthony Miller I would probably keep Miller I, over Galladay I would, I would cash out Galladay for Miller yeah <laughs> Oh, if you want to, you want to, you want to give me. If you want to give me a couple of players, and um, we could talk that way. That might help. How about Calvin Ridley? He's wide receiver thirty, and Miller is wide receiver forty-five right now. Is that a good enough age? I had him pretty close in my tiers. I mean, that's another thing. There's rankings, and then there's tiers for these guys. So if you're gonna trade so, up, you might as well. You, you got to at least get a tier up. You know, it might seem like a big jump there as far as but if if you're looking by your own rankings for rookie wide receivers you know Kelvin Ridley was you know wide receiver three ish for me and then Anthony Miller was wide receiver four four or five so um that's that's not really a huge upgrade there is it tearing is a good point it's not just that you're moving up a certain number of players it's you're hoping a player is going to hit in a higher tier or it was already proven in a higher tier. I think that's a line too. Because just above Calvin Ridley, you've got Cooper Cup, Marvin Jones, Marius Thomas. These more proven wide receivers that are at least wide receiver too. So is that the boring players? I would trade Anthony Miller for every single one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a line. Even Calvin Ridley there? He's just below that tier. It goes. Yeah. He's he's clearly a tier below them. Um, I might hold Miller. It's Calvin Ridley, and then it goes Will Fuller, Cooper Cup, Demarius Thomas, Marvin Jones, and Golden Tate. So it's like just above them in terms of just outright wide receiver ADP. So, I mean, you just need to get out of that maybe wide receiver two. And if it's a proven wide receiver two, and all those guys have upside as wide receiver ones as well, to be fair, that's, that's where you trade, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think Jake's point is so, so important. And like, get out of this ranking, like this ranking prison that people are in is absurd. Like it's tears, man. It's like, who, who's, 
who's better, David Johnson or Ezekiel Elliott? The answer is yes. Like, that who cares? Dude, they're both. They're both. Drove me nuts this offseason. They're both terrific. You're you're just fine with either one. Who cares? Like, <laughs> move on. Move on. like you. Is David Johnson a better pick than Joe Mixon? Absolutely. But is David Johnson a better pick than Ezekiel Elliott? It's personal preference. It doesn't matter. They're gonna, <laughs> as long as someone doesn't get hurt, they're gonna be fantastic for you. So you know, trade up tier. And if you, and if you don't know tiers. If you can't establish tiers, well, try it. Su- subscribe to the try it. Subscribe to the yeah. Edge, man. We'll help you out. Or <laughs> DLF, maybe. Um, but yeah, tiers are really important. It's really, it's actually really interesting to go through rankings because they're tedious and boring as hell after you get past the first 12 and you think it's going to be exciting and it's not. But like, I've got a sheet up that anyone can go and it's got the top 250 players in and you can make your own ranking. But if you just go to it, you can start making your own. And instead of thinking about it in terms of rankings, just Where's the cutoff line, this big value, this tiering system? Where does uh, the wide receiver at the bottom have a huge value difference for you personally from the one next to it? And that's that's what I think of as a tier. I think yeah. that's that's the biggest thing there is like you were saying, Calvin Ridley was what, like 14 receivers higher than Anthony Miller in the latest ADP, which seems significant, right? But if they're in the same tier, it's not that big a difference. But then all of a sudden you go up, a player or two ahead of Calvin really, and then it's a slam dunk, right? So not only are tiers important that tiers can be different sizes, you know, like some tiers are like two or three players. Some tiers are like 25 players. One, if, yeah. If that's the way you see it. So with tight end, it's one, right? Yeah. It's just Gronk. It's Gronk. <laughs> it's Gronk. And then it's and Kelsey. Then the next Earth, year, right? And then it's, and, and Dynasty, the next tier is like Ingram. But if it's Ingram redraft, it's like yeah. it's Gronk it. tier, Kelsey Ertz tier. Then who gives yeah. a. I don't know if I can curse, but who cares? Yes, you yeah, can. You can. Right, so who gives a I shit? I believe in you, Elliot. You can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, exactly. I think, um, yeah, and that's, I guess, kind of what I'm driving at. It's that you should try it and see what you value and where, because like you said, there's this rankings prison and it locks us into so many other rankings prisons where people are arguing Calvin Ridley and um, DJ Moore, which is better. And the honest truth is, as a diehard DJ Moore is head and shoulders above Calvin Ridley as a prospect, uh, we, we don't know and we get locked into rank much that we start discussing players where honestly, if anyone's being honest at all in the conversation, you have to say, this is preference. We, we don't know. Um, I can't tell you. And I think we get locked into those arguments so often as if they're valuable, as if someone has the answer when the truth is, uh, <laughs> and that's the only, the only thing we do have the answer on is that Gronk is the best tight end in the NFL. Cool. He went two picks ahead of Mike Williams. That's a lot of Anthony Miller talk and absolutely no talk of any other player. Um, does anyone have any closing thoughts on the Bears' offense or what Miller could do in his rookie season before we get out of here? I think like 55 catches, 650 yards, four touchdowns is a fair line for Anthony Miller. Yeah, I think that'd be a good season for him. Jake, any closing thoughts? And Elliot, anything more you want to tell us about your fantastic website before we go? Just check it out, thequanedge.com, and I think you guys will be really pleased with it. Everything's free for the next couple of weeks. Elliot, thanks for coming on, man. Uh you know, I'm always, I've always, you know, ever since you said, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. And uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, uh, as soon as you, as soon as I saw the previews of what this website is going to do, I, I genuinely think it's going to be revolutionary for this industry. I think you're on to something extremely special here. 
And I think it's going to be a game changer for obviously betting and DFS and redrafts. But I think, honestly, I think Dynasty uh, players can get a lot out of it too. So again, thank you for taking the extended time and uh, best of luck and, and go get some sleep, my man. All right, brother. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime you want me to talk about anybody, I'm happy to come on. All right, buddy. Thanks very much. Thanks. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Johnson. TJ Johnson. Jesus um, Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. It's the Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything. That's, that's a different level the right there. The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king. There may not be consensus. We, we haven't talked about anything Miller in 30 That's going to be the intro to this pod. No, I wouldn't do that. I'm going to go deep.